can't get enough, Mummy Dearest? Double your content by subscribing to our Patreon. Subscriptions as low as $1 a month, because Zach and I are two cheap little hussies and we'll take what we can get. Now, on to the show! Welcome to the Mummy Dearest Podcast, a podcast where we used to talk about the mummy, but now we talk about other movies too. Welcome back, everybody, to the Mummy Dearest Podcast, where we unwrap pub culture from the 90s, 2000s, and today. I'm Zach Mellon. I'm Sloan Steele. And today we're unwrapping 1998's Can't Hardly Wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to unwrap it, Jack. Take me down to the paradise city with our grass and green and the girls are pretty. Take me down. Whoa. Six underground. That was a good mashup right there. Let's be real. That was like a really good mashup. That was okay. that should be on a girl talk, on a girl talk album. I was gonna say, are we them talk? Or <laughs> were they talk? They talk. Ooh. The talk. Well, the talk? Okay. Anyway, so T-okay. back to okay. anyway. this movie. How are you, baby? Um, I'm doing really well. Uh, really, the only thing that is hanging in the balance right now is my marriage. Um, we're doing a bathroom renovation, and Paul told me that he doesn't want um, a vanity with drawers or cabinets. So when he tried to look he just up- wants a counter. Yeah, a it's just bare a counter, counter right? with nothing underneath. And nothing on it. So the nothing on it and nothing okay. underneath it. Um, yet he wants it to be made of stone and and 72 inches long. Again, nothing in it, nothing on top. Like, I'm imagining he he's thinking of, like, Kim Kardashian's vanity with just, like, the one hole, <laughs> the one slit. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's like an invisible sink. Yeah, like, I think maybe that's what he's looking for, but I don't know how to give it to him. And when he was trying to find examples of what he meant, he goes, I can't find it. And I go, that's because it doesn't exist. That's yeah. why. What is he imagining? Like, I would love, when, I don't know. if he finds it, you have to send it to me because I am dying to know what he's imagining. I am, I'm so interested to know what, he told me, first he told me no drawers, and I said, where do you want me to put my stuff? And he said that he didn't know where I could put it. And I said, mm. okay, well, that's not a good storage solution. And then he told me that um, he wants the idea of a pedestal sink, but not a pedestal sink. So, again, I don't really know exactly what he's envisioning. I'm, the I'm. idea of a pedestal sink. But was with storage, high? but no storage. Nope, sober. Um, I was like, okay, so the last time we talked about what we were doing with our bathroom, you told me to just handle it. And now I'm telling you the things I'm ordering. And you're telling me you want a sink with no sink, a, a cabinet with no cabinet. <laughs> I'm having a hard time understanding. Um, this is why you shouldn't marry a, a straight man. Um, and you sh- definitely shouldn't involve them in any like house-related things. So. All right. Well, anyway, how are you doing? I'm good. I think I might have COVID, so we'll see. I'll let you guys know. When are you going to um, test? As soon as we're done here. Okay. So. All right. We'll, we'll see. I mean, everyone's getting to COVID. Everyone's getting COVID again. So, I hate to be left out. Did we stop getting COVID? 
It just seems like it's getting more pumped it's up. Back. Yeah, it seems Rex, like one of Rex's teachers is out with COVID. Great. Mhm. So. It seems like people are getting it less um like my friend just went away on like a girls weekend and she mm-hmm. shared a bed with someone who the next day tested positive for COVID and no one else got it. Perfect. So it's just weird. Did your friend did your friend have it previously? She's never had it. Wow, really? I know, yeah. Imagine someone not having had COVID. Um, two of my very close friends have never had COVID. It's like weird. I kind of like miss having COVID. I'm definitely going to get it again. I need to get it at least one more time. I want you need I to want know that what it's like. seven day break from work. That's what I'm saying. It's like it was such a nice reset that I mean, I feel bad for people that died. But personally, as a mom, you guys know, like only moms are tired. Only moms, you know, have to do it all. And so I would just like to have it again just for just truly for the relaxation aspect. I just want to tweet about it again. It's just. Yeah, I know. You feel left out. Anyway, can't hardly wait. Yeah. So this movie was released. June 12th, 1998, it is a Gemini, which mm-hmm. I think once again perfectly tracks. I think that's really good. Um, the budget was 10 mil and the worldwide gross was 25.6 million. So it did a little mm-hmm. more than double. So I think that's good. But I feel like that's very low. I feel like this is such an important cultural movie that I'm surprised it didn't thing. do better. People who who wanted to see this movie didn't have jobs or like their own money. That's at a good the point. point. So I think like parents were not going to see this. Nobody was going to see this movie over the age of 18. You know, that's such a good point. It's like this is not a movie that you take your ch- young children to see, but it's also not a movie that like teens could afford to go see. Right. And this was a so movie you went to see it? with your friends and that's it. And your mom mm-hmm. didn't know about it. She didn't ask. It was whatever. But yeah. So. That's an expensive night out if you don't have money. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? That's like your whole paycheck at the age of 15. I'm telling you. I would so, take all the money from the custard shop and just put it right into the oh AMC. Seriously. Um, it was directed dual. It was a dual directorship by Harry Elfont and Deborah Kaplan, who you know, correct? We follow each other on Instagram, and I should have invited her to come speak upon this film. Um, but I did not. I have questions for her, so maybe we can do like a little, maybe some. Well, she's done. Did you see like her body of work? Because it's literally every movie we've done or will do. Well, directorial, I think, was just Josie and the Pussycats that we've done. But writing, obviously, an iconic queen. Writing, she's done like nine million things. Yeah. Um, The composer is David Kitte, as in like a gay kitten. Kate. Um, hey, Kate. Um, he has done Dude, Where's My Car? Scary wow. Movie, The Clueless wow. Movie and TV Show, Oof. Night at the Roxbury's, and this is really niche. I don't know if you remember this. Trading Mom with Sissy Spacek. I do remember that. That was like only on the I Disney Channel, that. and it was like if you didn't catch it, you never heard of it, but like. If you caught it, then you know it. If you caught it, you know it. It was a movie about Sissy Spacek and her kids didn't like her. They were mad at her. So they wanted to trade Mm -hmm. their mom. And she played like nine different moms. But the kids realized, obviously, by the end that mom 
first mom was the best mom. So yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know if you want to get a tea, order some lunch, but um, I'm going to start to do the ages. Okay, uh, let me so, just let me just take a water break really fast. Yeah, if you want to just if everybody wants to stretch, hydrate, take yeah. a walk around a little bit. <clears throat> okay, Jennifer Love Hewitt was 19. Wow. Ethan Embry was 20. Charlie Corsmo was 20. I forget who that is. Um, oh, that's the, the main nerd guy. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Lauren Ambrose was 20. Love her. Peter Fascinelli was 25. Mm-hmm. Um, Seth Green, 24. Sean Patrick Thomas, 28. Really, really getting long in the tooth there. Wow. Donald Faison, 24. Jamie Presley, 21. Jason Siegel, 18. 18. Can't believe he was ever 18. Clea, no, seriously. Clea Duvall, <laughs> 21. Selma Blair, 26, getting up there. Selma Blair was 26, but she was playing like a 14-year-old. It was funny. Um, wow. Sarah Rue was 19. Wow. I know. Melissa Joan Fart, 22. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Eric why Palladino. did that make me laugh? You <laughs> stupid little idiot. Um, Eric Palladino, Jennifer Love's cousin in the movie, he was 30 years old. That's too old to be kissing her, period. Yeah. Um, Leslie Grossman was 27. Love her, love Jen- 27. Jerry O'Connell, 24. Last but not least, Brecken Meyer, 24. That was more about me just like, and listen, there are more people in this movie. I had to stop. I had yeah, to. Yeah, it's it's really, really crazy. The, the girl from Teaching of... Mrs. Tingle, isn't it? Which part? The mean girl. She is, she plays like one of the snobby girls who like is talking oh. shit about Jennifer Love Hewitt very briefly. It, the cameos in this movie are like insane. I how did they yeah. even get like how did they get everyone to do this? And like one of my main notes is like imagine directing this film. Like there are so many intricate moving parts throughout the entire movie. It's like even just the klepto kid alone is like every scene they're doing the scene and then there's like a, the klepto kids in the back and it's like there's a Just, lot of background acting going on. Oh my god, I can't even imagine being in this. Movie I know. I wish we had actually invited Deborah Kaplan to come on because I do we actually do... have a, I have a ton of questions. We could just do a Deborah Kaplan interview episode because, I mean, because we have questions. Because yeah. we did it for we did it with um, Hayden Prouse. so it's like we'll yeah. just do like a little follow up interview. Revisited. Um. Because I think it would be boring for a director for us to, like, break down our bullet points anyway. I mean, I always try to put myself in their shoes. And if, like, a fan, like, a show like this came to me, I would probably be like, yeah, of course I'll talk to you guys. But that's just who I am. Yeah, I'm just, like, really gracious and, like, very giving. So. (laughs) Um, But, like, she's so important in our life, in our lives. Like she did. If she had done nothing so else, she still would be hasn't like if she, this were all she ever I did. I want to ask her, like, how does it feel to direct a movie or so many movies, but like this movie in particular that is so is like just such an like a part of the cultural zeitgeist. Like this movie, everybody knows this movie. Everybody how does it feel to have a movie. classic film? 
It's insane. It's so classic. And I didn't realize like how much of my personality comes from a lot of these people. Especially Seth Meyers' character. Especially Seth Meyers. I mean, Meyers. wait. <laughs> Seth Green. Who's Seth Meyers? <laughs> the late night host. Oh, yeah. You guys probably didn't notice he was in this a lot. <laughs> I'm like, you I'm know like- when you're saying something and you're like, it's already wrong before it's coming out of your mouth, but you don't stop yourself and you're imagine- just like, this is not about to be right. <laughs> imagine someone's personality was just Seth Meyers. They were like, I'm a big Seth Meyers fan. Like, <laughs> I'm a big Meyers head. Like, Okay, well, Seth Meyers is my cousin, my hot cousin's best friend. And I know. They've been best friends since they went to Northwestern together. Are we getting? They is were, he coming on the pod? I don't think he's going to come on the pod. Um, but Never. I've interacted with Seth Myers. I went um, out to a club with him, and then he was at my cousin's wedding. Uh, great guy, very nice, very kind. I have nothing but nice okay. things to say about he's him. Handsome, so handsome um, guy. Okay, so we dive immediately into a graduation intro, which is a big trope. It's a big moment in any teen movie in the 90s, 2000s, and it warmed me up. It got me ready. It pumped me Mm -hmm. up. There's always a naked character under their gown, under their cap and gown. Always. Do you want to hear something, like, very weird? Yeah. When I was uh, in sixth or seventh grade, we had to make, like, a little short film, and I made a short film with just showing the characters feet and like voiceovers, which is like, when you Not think about it, well, it's also groundbreaking and it was used in can't hardly wait. So I wonder if Deborah Kaplan was inspired by my short film. Do you, I think so. I mean, I don't know okay. how. Okay. Just checking. I mean, your foot fetish is, has always taken such hold of you that. Well, I just, I think you can just tell so much about a person from their footwear. I think so, too. I think so, too. Yeah. That so. makes sense for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Like, a guy could, like, look really good, and then you get down to the feet. What if it's a – what if it's an ankle sock? <gasps> what would you do? Like, a little short ankle sock? Sonic. If you're a guy and you're listening and you're wearing a short ankle sock, you have to stop right Are you talking now. about like, a quarter – like, a quarter length or, like – I'm talking about like a shoe line. Like I'm talking about just above the shoe line. I'm not, if you want to go up. Here's my thing. It's, it's one or the other. It's extremes. You either are really show or no show. You're wearing a no show or you're wearing a crew sock. Correct. Exactly. That's it. Those are the, come up to the mid calf, come up to the mid calf or don't come up at all. Exactly. You should have two socks. It should be crew sock and no show sock. And those are the only socks that you should own. You do if, not want socks. Nothing looks nerdier than a little bit of sock showing. Nothing. A little bit of baby little sock. <laughs> oh my god! It it basically tells people like we all you love it. Star Wars. Well, you love Star Wars and you hate sex. Well, I do love Star Wars, but I also like sex. It's just not. Maybe it's your socks. Maybe it's my. I only wear Bombas no show socks or Adidas crew socks. Okay, well, I'm just saying, maybe... Those are the only... I literally will not buy any other socks. What's your shoe situation? Um, For around the house, I wear Adidas slides. Okay. Like, not the Velcro ones, these ones. That's fine. And then I wear, to the beach, I wear um, rubber Birkenstocks. Okay. Um, My day-to-day is just, like, a white tennis shoe. Like, Perfect. Like a... 
plain white tennis shoe and then I just have like Adidas shoes for active. I think that's a that's perfect. And that's as far as I'll, I will not get any. I have like loafers and stuff if I need them, but like you're not going to put on a loafer. I'm not, just... pu- I'm not putting on a loafer anymore. No, it's, it's I white mean, sneakers. After the pandemic, I I literally haven't worn a shoe with a hard sole once. The pandemic really changed footwear forever. It's gone. That's it's, just that's just the way it is. The amount of money I gave to Cole Haan in the mid two thousands was. You and my husband, Han heads, real Han heads. When Cole Han announced he was doing the Nike Air, like mashup, uh, fifty-year-old men around the fifty-year-old men and you around the world rejoiced. I was the working Cole in Han Air at the time, so I just felt like I looked fancy, but also could like. Mm, mm, mm. You could just do a quick a quick pickup game of basketball if you That's had a, to. I was like after work after styling Providence's elite. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Okay. All right. Um, Something I loved about this movie was the yearbook descriptions before the movie really dove in. It's so good. It's so good. It's It's just like, give us, like, I love movies that give us a little insight and a little, a little something, a little, it tells me about the character. I I don't like when the characters explain who they are. Like there was one moment I didn't like when, um, when Lauren Ambrose and Seth Green, not Myers were in the bathroom and, or no, sorry. It was actually Ethan Embry and, um, and Lauren Ambrose when she was like, were you this annoying when, or I think he said like, were you this annoying when we dated and they had like dated in eighth grade? Like, I don't like stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like we don't need exposition. I don't need. Yeah, I agree. And I don't, um, I like a freeze frame. Oh my god, a freeze frame? Are you it's it's like the end of the season. It's like the season finale of Housewives. It's incredible. Well, then we got an end of season finale Housewives moment at the end where it was like freeze frame and then explains what they're doing in the future. I love a freeze frame at the end of the movie that tells you what happens in the future. Oh, I love it. I love Why is it, it so I good? It's I don't know. It's funny because it's like they didn't want to end the movie the way that we wanted it to. So they ended it the way they wanted to, but also gave us the satisfying ending of like knowing what happened later. Yeah. And then I, I also it. feel like we could get it's been like 24 years, if I did the math right. And I feel like we could get a sequel to this mm-hmm. with Jennifer Love Hewitt and Ethan Embry's children. I don't really like how old you just made me feel. Well, they could well the thing is is that they were 18 years old when this movie ended and they it says that they were that they stayed together and 24 years later they would be in their I don't know 40s. Yeah. So they could have high school children. Okay, I think that we oh my god, and Melissa Joan Hart works at the high school. Okay, Deborah Kaplan, we just wrote you a sequel, so hop on it, baby. Honestly, and now with all these streaming platforms, you don't need to worry about releasing it to the big screen. It's like give us and a Peter Fastinelli he would is the is the, the is the J V J V football coach. Of course the he te- is. <sighs> But he gets in trouble for hooking up with a, one of the students. I think he's – oh, yeah. I was going to say, I think he's like – I think he's banging Melissa Joan Fart like in the locker room. Can I say something? Yeah. I don't like her. Oh, she has dark energy. 
She does, right? I like, I'm happy that she lived through, happy that she gave us what she did. Mm -hmm. And I respect her. No, I appreciate her. I appreciate her, but I'm not sure I I I buy into it. Well, she has Candace Cameron energy. Like, this is literally why we're friends, because I was about to say that. I was literally about to say that. Zach, yeah. how how do we – how are we always on the same wavelength? I don't know. It's And we're not, literally not even in the same room. We've never been. We've never – well, as far as we know. It's going to be really weird when we meet each other and, like, we, like, don't hit it off. <laughs> so, and imagine we find – we're going through pictures, like, old pictures of ourselves, and, like, we find – like, we see one of us in the background – like a old haunted Victorian photo? Yeah. Like you're like looking at your like old Disney World photos and like you see me in the background and like my baggy polo shirt and khaki shorts. Because my visor. mom told me I had to look nice at Disney World. Our parents did like us to look nice at Disney World. I remember shopping for Disney World and my mom was like, you have to have a collar on your shirt. For Disney? I was like, why? And she was like, because it was like... So many people were going to be there and, like, you have to, like, look like – I had to look like a golfer, I guess. Like, I had to look like I had just got off the <laughs> – The golf just course. finished the 18th hole, I guess. I don't know. Like, I don't know what – We did, like, young men to dress, like, little mini golfers back then. So I understand. Everywhere I went, my mom was like, you need to have a collar on your shirt. Like, We why? were just – it was a different – it was a different time. It does look nice when Rex wears a little collar. I'm like, you look so cute. It's it, it's like weird that how cute we think it is because it's like you look. It like is cute grown though. Up. No, it's wicked cute. It's so cute when like Rex a wears a little like polo blue shirt. polo. Oh my god, I'm he just looks like good he looks good in blue. So he looks so handsome in blue. He does. It's that Ugh. milky skin with that dark dark hair. I know, and those big black eyes. <laughs> those with the big dark eyes. circles. <laughs> Those shark eyes with with the big dark circles underneath them, like a little, like a he's like a claymation, a uh, little claymation kid he, from. He works for who's that guy? Jim? Nope. Uh... Nope. Tom Rupp. Nope. <laughs> we we're gonna get there. Tim Burton. Tim. Timmy B. Don't know why we couldn't pull that reference out. We talk he, about him every single episode, but literally every episode. Um, couldn't get there. Something I said throughout high school and probably too long after that is, yo, I have got to have sex tonight. Oh, my God. Honestly, Seth, (laughs) Seth Myers Green, (laughs) his lines are still are still so good to this day. Like, I still enjoyed his character. And I will say, like, none of this aged poorly. I mean, the thing is, is that these people, whether they were like gross and sexist it it didn't age that's how people still act yeah i thought it was like it was weird how like you could have plopped it into this day and age i mean the it was timeless one of the funniest things and i think in any movie i've ever seen is peter fascinelli shoving melissa joan hart like so far so funny it's so funny it's like so funny and like in my mind i was like should i laugh at that but i was like no that's it was put there to laugh at it was so good i was actually when i saw that i was like did you think she had like a mattress off to the side oh my god i mean or like did someone catch her like you wanted to push her 
she was very pushable. Like oh there was God. always a ki- a person like that in high school where you're just like, ew, dude. Like they have the class ring and the yearbook. I know like, exactly who it is in my school. I'm like up. thinking about them now. I am too. My and friends and I to this day will bring her up like as like just a horrible <laughs> like, a horrible example of how yeah, to be a person. Exactly, yeah. If Rex grows up and he has school spirit, I will have failed as a mom. Oh god, that's all I can spirit say. Is tough. It was really like it was mini patriotism. It was like it really is. It was like forcing us like, to be for pa- what I know for what I'm just here because I have to. Nobody wants to be here. You're forcing us to be here. And like, why are you making like I don't care about sports. I don't care about cheering. No. And like I've told this before, but the two the two like big high schools were both the Raiders and it was like who were the real Raiders it's like who cares? our like rival was like this was like a like a Catholic school like a private school. there's always like, like there's always a St. Andrews or a St. Gwendolyn's of Tyragathon yeah, that you're weird. just like who cares it was like every Thanksgiving yeah you play them yeah Oh being God, in new toxic. england for thanksgiving like oh toxic in like a football town like my town is just like so they used to be so obsessed with the football the high school football team and it would be like middle-aged turkey trot turkey trot it's, it's like, like so sad it's like it's disgusting it's, it's like so gladiator sad. games you're making these kids like compete against each other for what for head injuries i don't i don't get I, it, I don't get it. Anyway, I don't get it. Okay. okay. Anyway, so something I really want to talk about is Barry Manilow. I buckle up, everybody. Because buckle the fuck up. One, I love this song. Mandy. Yes. Yeah. Looking in her eyes, I see a memory I never realized. How happy you made me, oh Mandy. Well, you came. Okay, anyway, but let's like, that song is just like so, it's like nobody wants to admit that they like Barry Manilow, but if you listen to a real Barry Manilow, like, ballad, you are going to be pumped the fuck up. It's so good. I love, I mean, I love Barry Manilow. It's that episode. I love Barry Manilow. This is one of the best episodes so good. I love Barry Manilow. I love Air Supply. I love everything. I love Sticks. I love everything from I like love that those era power, of music. Those like power ballads. That album that more. in the 90s, like when you'd wake up in the middle of the night and like the power ballads infomercial would be playing. And you're just like awoken by like the most <sighs> powerful voices. Just like, whoa. Like, ah, power of love. <laughs> It's like, oh whoa! It was, it was like heart. It was like alone by heart. I'm your lady. Oh, that Sorry. was like really loud. <laughs> <laughs> you are my man. That song. Oh my god. You reach for me. Well, we have All to right. go on a road trip someday. We could just drive around my neighborhood That's for true. five hours. That's <laughs> true. Or I just have to make sure I, uh, I'm i there when, like, Rex is at school and Paul's working. Yeah, we could just sit in my house and just, and just stare sing at each other. And eat cheese. Just sing. That's literally what I do all day. I have a karaoke machine. We can really get wow. into it. I know. I have a loud microphone. Oh, yeah. And your dad has a really good... Karaoke my dad has a uh, my dad has a, a karaoke a sound system and a stage so like 
that's where we need to be. That's where we need to. I, I keep forgetting about Palm Springs. That's where we need to be. Oh no, is that's that in where Newport? I need to be. No, that's in Palm Springs. Okay. Now Newport doesn't have doesn't have a fun. Not, it's not a party. Not house. a fun. Okay, yeah, I get it. It's um, just a house. The arrival of Jennifer Love Hewitt into the party. Have you ever walked into a room and everybody just like stares at you? <laughs> um, or are you not a beautiful woman? <laughs> I'm not a beautiful woman. I've always been kind of like a doughy, like average boy. So no, I, I just kind of blend right in. But you're like the dough boy. So you could walk into a room and everybody just comes up and pokes your belly. People do have a weird thing with me where they think, I don't, I don't mean to I don't mean this to sound like conceited or anything, but there's some weird thing where there's an, where insecure people like desperately want to be my friend. Mm-hmm. And if I if I don't engage with them, hostility comes out. And it's happened to me like multiple times. Like Can you explain this more? I just remember I was at a party once and somebody I was at my friend's party and she obviously invited people that I wasn't friends with. I didn't know them, but she knew them from wherever. And they had heard about me and heard about our friendship and stuff and just started yelling, like, why won't you be my friend? Or, like, I'm going to be your friend by the time this party ends. And it, it was just, like, this very – and, like, that's not the first time or the last time. It's just, like, there's this weird thing where when people get, like, maybe a little drunk or insecure, there's, like, this weird, like, why isn't he my friend? People make weird I don't comments. Know I can't. I don't know what it is. Like people make comments about, like, like, well, you weren't my friend when we worked together, and I'm like, well, I, I'm not everybody's friend. I don't know. I don't know what you want this me to is, do. This I is a like, confusing. I, I know. I get like shamed for like not being everyone's friend a lot. Maybe it's, people just really like you. I. But what? I don't know. But like, if I'm not your friend, I'm not generally nice to you i just am kind of like flat-faced walk like maybe that's they're wondering why you're not giving them like the like effusive attention yeah exactly and they're like what 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 have i done to not receive that from zach i get what they're saying it's like if you're this funny great affable amazing friend and something in them is lacking and you're not showing it to them they're like what what have I done? What can I do to be it's better? Because I only have, yeah, like my bank is only limited. So, like, if I'm going to be my best, I can only give it to two people. I understand that. I understand that. I have, um, I have a woman's wine night coming up with my oh. neighborhood crew. Um, I was invited back to a, a wine night, and I'm a little worried about like how to. Mm-hmm. I can't give my all to everybody, so I have to pick a select few, but. Not everybody gets me. Not everybody understands me. And yeah. is it a, I still it's a feel neighborhood like I'm, you said? Yeah, I still think I'm pretty hated universally on this block. I think so I'm you not get really the sure. most secure push-up bra. Yeah. You really hoist find. up. You put you hoist, hoist the those, You hoist those puppies up. They're you loose. Put on, you put on the first Hervé Leger dress that you can find. <laughs> Lady, and you throw on some jet black platform pumps. Peep toe, peep toe. You get your hair nice and high. Okay, I'm in. And you show up to that party with your hobo bag. (laughs) Not my my hobo bag. (laughs) 
please Zach, not the and you back. really you win them over you do what okay. you were made to do i want to see those i, I want to see those titties at your chin the thing is i have my titties are so deflated that when they're hoisted up it is like it's like have you ever seen a hot air balloon that's kind of like deflated a little bit on one side and like flapping yes, in I've the wind my, but I like my big. scrotum every day yeah, it's like that at this point. I have to get my breasts done, not really for me, but so other people don't have to be confronted with what my breasts look like. So you just have like a big, you have a big scrotum on your chest. They're they're so hangy, Lucy, that they're literally flat, and then the bottom is like, how do I explain? It's not a teardrop. It's. It's a sand. I mean, just a sandbag. It's a it's a wet sandbag after a storm. You know that none of this sounds bad to me. Like you know, I love like a natural mom boob. Like I know, I know. But this is like this isn't like a. It's just. I used to have like heft at the top that was round. It was full. They were so firm. I forgot how firm they were. Like my sister got hers. Um, like she got a lift and a like a reduction, and they're just so nice and firm. They're like young breasts. I haven't felt young breasts because these are so soft. They're so soft. I know, but who doesn't like a soft titty? I'm confused. I just want a little bit more. Here's the thing. The other day, Rex kind of like slid over and he pinched my my boob so flat that it was like a mammogram. He pinched my breast with his knee onto my bed. And it was like, you could see it was so flat that it just slid off to the side. And he was able to really just, I mean, pinch it like in a vice. I thought you were Your going to shouldn't be like that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that he cuddled up to you and you forgot he was there and he suffocated. <laughs> No, no, I never forget Rex is there because when he's near my boobs, he just is holding them going, oh, that's the good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. He's trying to get the last drop of milk. When I tell you he's become obsessed with like just one more breastfeed, I'm like, Rex, one more, just one more. (laughs) One more. For mama. Get on a stool. One more for mama. Oh, I I have to get on a stool to reach him. I got to get, I got to like Mission Impossible zip line down into his mouth because he's so tall. It's fine. Honestly, it's, it's normal. It's weird that he's so tall. Anyway, no, all right. <clears throat> he's so we'll tall. Talk about th- I know it is, but we can. My contractor said I'm going to be pregnant in a couple of months. So I don't know if he meant by him or by my husband, but he's predicting a couple months I'm going to be pregnant. And I was like, okay. okay. We were not talking about pregnancy, and he just looked at me and he said, "You're gonna be pregnant in a couple months, out of nowhere, clear blue sky." Bruja. So, so that's not the only crazy thing he said, uh, but I'm still letting him into my home. Um. Okay, I want to talk about Jennifer Love Hewitt's um, jewel quote in her yearbook freeze frame. <laughs> 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 what a perfect well like perfect the quotes that they chose for each character were so perfect it was so good real friends stab you in the front (laughs) yeah that was really good beware of what was it beware of new ventures that require beware of ventures that require new clothing yeah just a good a really good that's a good quote good advice i won't go I won't go. Oh. If I have to go you, buy new clothes, I won't go. Do you have a favorite quote? Like, did you have a senior quote? We didn't do senior quotes, but I don't know. I mean, no, I don't. 
I, I have a lot of sayings that I probably say on a daily basis, but I wouldn't know. I tried to submit um, for my senior quote, um, high times, hard body, soft rock, and they would not allow that. I don't know why, because that's that's that sounds great. We had too many students, I think, to have quotes underneath or next to our names. Well, we ended up not having quotes at all. Oh. They scrapped it completely. But then we had quotes like, "I wish." So I, so, I wish I, I submitted. I have all mine. I, have I submitted. Them, I just wish that they were here. <clears throat> I'm sorry that they're not. Um, when before before they cut out the quotes, the final quote they approved was. Whatever you are, be a good one by Abraham Lincoln, which I like that quote a lot. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's good. I know. I'm trying to think if I say something like frequently. I don't know. I think I think your quote would probably be like, lucky that my breasts are small and humble so you don't confuse them with mountains. Yeah. I mean, that's that's my go-to. I- yeah, I feel like you say that all the time. I actually do say it a lot, unfortunately. I mean, I say most of my quotes come from movies or TV uh, shows. I, I hear you say, my wife, a lot. I uh, Yeah, I always say, what's the other thing he says? Exhamish. Uh, ex, like, ex, ex all the <laughs> like, remember when that came out and nice. all the boys, very nice. I like. Uh, very nice. What I, I like. That time in my life, I don't I don't want to go back to that the same way I don't want to go back to Garden State. Like I <laughs> <laughs> No, I still I still say my wife all the time. <laughs> like that Borat phase where men were just walking around like very nice. I I like very nice. <laughs> oh my gosh wow i saw borat in the theaters with my dad i think borat's very funny i think that it's very funny i think that every movie that became like that frat boys thing i thought that that was very i thought it was very funny i thought would you call it very nice it was very nice i thought i thought stepbrothers was very funny wedding crashers was one of my favorite movies but like Step Brothers is like my favorite movie of all time. But it I'm became, not even embarrassed. They just all became so fratty that like I know. Did we just become best friends? It's oh my god, that whole thing it was well, because Step Brothers almost made it okay for men to like be like, intimate with each other. And like, but they could joke about it. So like there, there was like be vulnerable. A, there was a buffer. John C. Riley has done more for like the progression of men's not men's rights, but like he has shown yeah. men how to be funny and soft and kind. And John we owe a lot to John C. Riley for if that. If you didn't get that from a River Wild, then I don't know what you got from it. Wait, Zach, I haven't even told you. I ha- I'm so glad you just brought this up. I was in a river last weekend. I was in a river. With a stick, a pushing off of rocks in a, in an intertube in a river. Okay, it was one of the worst experiences of my entire you life. You guys all need to count yourself, like count your blessings that you don't get like you don't get spam texts from Sloan every time she goes on a vacation because it's like it's like not something that you can even comment about or respond to. There's nothing is cohesive. Nothing no. makes sense. You don't you it seems like she's been kidnapped, usually. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was like sending Zach dispatches from Cabbage Patch Baby Land and then a diamond mine and then a river. <laughs> <laughs> and then a hot dog restaurant it's, it's like you can't even like you can't even think about it like, where are you it's like you can't even you i have to look at them very briefly and close my phone because it's like i i can't even think too hard on it i i get nervous i was on a i was on a roller coaster at one point and then immediately in a candy apple shop and then uh, a puppetry i didn't even send you anything from the puppetry store so and everything you just said i didn't get messages about so i'm i mean i'm glad that it didn't even get more convoluted it, it's just it was a wild weekend that's all i can say in helen georgia a fake alpine town all the streets were it wasn't like you know alpine street it was like bark and shush and strauss There's in a broken <laughs> strauss like we couldn't find our way around they were like what there Everything was in broken like, Strauss. Broken, so broken Strauss. Familiar and vibey about being in an alpine, a, a faux alpine town in the dead of summer. Like, it's like it was a vibe. No, it's like because it's like how many times have we all been to like theme parks and things like that where it's like it's supposed to be like this weird, like Bavarian village, but it's like ninety eight yep. degrees and no one. It's Correct. just a weird. Why is that so familiar? I don't know. I think because, like, if you've ever gone on vacation, I mean, you have it in the Northeast. I feel like there's kind of places like that. If you've ever gone to Colorado in the summertime, it's that same vibe where it's like, yeah, it's very like otherworldly. There's and a then, place like, called this Santa's place, Village up here that you only go to in the summer. What is, is Santa there? It's for children, so I haven't been in decades. But like, it's yeah. There's a Santa in an extremely air conditioned cabin. Where like That's you, so weird. and everyone the Christmas music is playing. You're dressed like you wear. My friend just took her two kids and she bought them Mariah Carey Christmas T-shirts. Like the, it's the album oh, yes. cover on their T-shirts, and that's what hell they yeah. Well, but, at this at this weird place I went to, we went to this restaurant called Big Daddy's, and somebody was having their wedding reception there. We were just there for dinner, so just you know to give you an idea of the level of. Um, Fanciness. It wasn't fancy. I I didn't really give you any context clues there. It was very sad to have your wedding reception there. Anyway, uh, I'm I'm sitting at the edge of the booth, and this kid waiter comes by, and he comes to drop off our pimento cheese dip, and he just dumps all of the like the little bread crackers onto me mm-hmm. on my lap in my drink, and did I'm like, don't worry about it. It's fine. I did. Yeah. And then about 10 minutes later, my mom, who ordered the uh, fettuccine with muscle appetizer portion, that comes to the table and the waitress dumps uh, scorching hot clam or muscle broth all over my lap and again into my drink, my new drink. So everybody that came to our table just was dumping <laughs> was dumping things onto me and they wouldn't stop. It just it wouldn't end. It like a place where you would order like like something with like muscle broth zach you wouldn't we were like mom are you sure about that she's like it seems safe we're like but we're in a landlocked tourist trap town what about muscles seems safe to you like we're all getting burgers and like chicken tenders you have got something you have to stick with nursery food when you're in places like that like we parked next to four oil disposal bins outside so just to give you an idea of like the level of restaurant and I was like, that's like, you only eat fried food at this place. Like they yeah. can't, then but I did get a wedge home. salad. 
Well, that's- it was terrible. It was one of the worst meals I've ever had okay. um, in my whole life. So anyway, that's just my little Alpine Town story. So I'm sorry. I went to really quickly, and then we'll get back to the movie. I went to Colonial Williamsburg in Virginia. Oh, the best. Okay, but I went in July. It was a hundred five degrees. I have never felt that's the thing. You have to go in fall because the vibe is exquisite. Exquisite in the fall. We were sitting, and now if you've never been, it's just basically like you enter into the 1700s. And one of the houses has a man acting as a slave. Okay. Okay. He is a man of color and he was tough job. It was a tough job, and he was not. Um, he was acting. He was putting his. He was giving whole, it his all. He was putting his whole actosy into this. Slavusi. Slavusi. Okay, that's yeah. probably better. I didn't want to say. Yeah. So he put his entire acting chops into this role, and when you looked around, it was just a bunch of young, stupid white people watching him. And mm-hmm. I have never felt more uncomfortable in my life. So. Yeah. Right. We um, felt right at home. I was like, well, he was yelling at us. I mean, he was really yelling at us. <laughs> so was he doing like a bit from like 12 Years a Slave? Was he giing us a performance? That's what it felt like. It felt like he was he wanted us to leave crying and okay, almost got me there. It was it was it was moving. It was tough. It was so hot that I decided to watch like a two hour trial, faux trial just to sit down. just to sit in the air conditioning. <laughs> Zach, so sorry. One time my class went to, we were in Philadelphia and we went to this old Quaker hall. I think I might have told this story before. Did I tell you this story? I don't think so. It's one of my favorite memories of all time. We were in this Quaker hall that's like a bunch of like seventh or eighth grade kids, like, you know, a hundred of us. And this woman starts to do her presentation and she's coming down like a slope, like a sloped stairwell. And she just starts tumbling. She bit it. Just, just, she just bit it and started rolling. But she was like rolling down in character. So she was like, my lord. Oh, my lord. Like just rolling down the stairs. I mean, she was flat, like laid out flat. Like they, like two other Quakers came and like rushed her off. Zach, I'll never forget as long as I live. <sighs> they sprinkled Quaker oats on her and then like rushed her away. That's how they do. Yeah, it was like when you put your phone in rice, they just put yeah. her in a vat of Quaker <laughs> oats and she died, but it's okay. Oh, yeah, no, it's that Rest actually that peace. story made me really want to make oatmeal cookies. You know, I just got my um, my alert came up for my Halloween costumes, and one of them said "sexy Quaker Oatman." So that I guess that was an idea I had earlier in the so year. I can absolutely see you in that costume with that wig. Should I do that? Yes, a hundred percent. And Rex could be an oat. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Back to the movie. Anyway, um, and we're back. Um, and we're back now. The fear, like. The fear of, did you ever host a party? Uh yeah, I sure have. Are you are you there? Hello? Are you there? Okay, you froze for a second, yeah. Um uh yes, I, I have hosted many a party. The fear in trouble for all of them. I was gonna say the fear of hosting a party is so dark to me. I n- could never host a party because my mother is so psychotic about things in our house 
Like, like things being out of place. Like she would literally come home and be like, why is my Bon Appetit moved to the right? I mean, my mom was like that as well. And I would still throw parties. Um, one time I threw a party where I cleaned up the house immaculately to the point where my mom was like, wow, it looks amazing in here. And I was like, I pulled a fast one. And then she walked to the side of our house, like outside to take the trash out. And she came back in holding a sign that said, party out back, please use side door. <laughs> so busting. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, how did that blow in here? <laughs> I was like, well, that's weird. I, who did? Who did that? Who said that? So Who had, said that? When you had parties, would it be mainly like your like close friends or was it like this where like you just knew nobody there? Um, I have only thrown one rager and that was a big mistake, but usually it was like close friends. People I knew. I love I love a rager. Like I love going to a huge party. I haven't been to a party like that in... Neither have I. I might just start showing up to high school parties and see what happens. I mean, my friend's neighbors have parties and, like, they're big, but they're never, like, crazy. Yeah. None of the kids on our block are teenagers yet, but I'm sure when everybody becomes a teenager, it's going to be a different story. Yeah, I mean, every kid here is the same age as Rex. Okay, so yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I, like, used to love going to those parties because you could kind of, like, I mean, as Gatsby said, or as What's-Her-Name says in Gatsby, large parties... Jordan Baker. Jordan Baker says large parties are more intimate. At small parties, she's right. Privacy, and she's a hundred percent right. And I always felt that way and didn't know how to express it. Luckily, we have Scott Fitzgerald to express it for us. Thank God, because that's so true. It's like you can go to this big party and you can just kind of like have privacy. You can be. I would like to go to. I liked going to other schools' parties because you were sort of like mysterious. Like, who's Mm. that girl? Yeah. Who's that girl? One time I walked into a party with my friend, um, my friend Allie. And when we walked in, someone shouted, this is at a different school's party. We walked in and they shouted, the hoes are here. And you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just very excited. <laughs> I had like those like money guns. And I yeah. started shooting like dollar bills into the air. It was so sick. I love my, love the it. best times I think I had at like dances and things were going to other people's dances. You could just be anybody you wanted to be. No one knew who you were. I remember like getting Mysterious in a limo girl. with people I didn't know except for my date. And we... This getting is into like strange teens cars. No. No, that's like really don't scary. Do I don't like, I don't know why I would do those things. Like, I remember being terrified, but like doing it anyway. Like... Because you didn't want to look like you were lame. Like a big bitch. I called my mom once to pick me up from a party. I was like, I don't like what's happening at this party and they're doing weird stuff. And she came and she got me. What were they doing? I don't remember, but it was just like, they I didn't feel comfortable. Things were getting weird. Things were getting like broken and stuff was going haywire. And I just, I didn't feel safe. I remember being in the back of a limo on the way to another school's dance and like inhaling helium balloons, like one after the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like so- <laughs> Just, I like when you do whippets and you can actually hear parts of your brain just like sizzling. And you're like, cool. So I don't know what was wrong with us. Like, why were we doing that? I don't know. And then we acted like we were, we acted like we had just done like meth. Like, we, it's like we were like 
like trash. That's stupid. I know. We went out. My friend Juan, well, you know Juan now. Juan had this like big gray Land Rover. And I was in the back seat with Allie, and my friend Christina was in the front with Juan. Christina had a handle of like pop off vodka underneath her feet. I had my weed and my glass pipe and like probably a joint in my purse. Allie had just thrown up fettuccine Alfredo all down the side of Juan's car, like on the outside. Leaned her head out, strings of pasta throw up all over. Juan is sober, and we're driving down the street, and all of a sudden behind us, bloop, bloop, the cop lights turn on. And we're like, when I tell you the inside of this car, we were all screaming. We were like, what the fuck do we do? We had all applied to college, but none of us had gotten our letters back. And we were like, Christina was like going to Tufts. Allie was going to Emory. I had applied to Northwestern. Juan was going to NYU. Like we were all flipping the fuck out. The cop comes up to the window and he like taps on the window. Allie is we're like 17. She, Her eyes are like rolled back in her head. She's so fucked up. And I am grabbing her as hard as I can, squeezing her thigh, like making her like, she's like, like eyes rolled back. Like, well, she's giggling, like can't stop giggling. And I'm like, you have, like, you have to soap, like you have to be normal right now. And Christina's in the front seat, smushing the bottle of vodka down, like into the floorboard with all of her mic, just trying to hide it. We all look so fucking insane. And the cop asks Juan to step out of the vehicle. And I'm like, that's it. We're all going to jail. Allie starts hysterically crying. Christina's hysterically crying. Allie's like, you have to eat your pipe. You have to eat your pipe. Eat the weed. I'm literally eating the weed. I'm truly eating, munching, and swallowing weed while Juan is outside with the cop. He's outside for what feels like forever. He finally gets back in the car, closes the door, turns the car on, and starts driving. And we're like, what just happened? And Juan goes, um, he pulled us over because I guess we had our high beams on. He had driven past us and then turned around to pull us over because we were driving with the high beams on. And we were like, well, what did you say? He's like, I just told him we had hit a dog a while back and we didn't want to hit anything else. And he let one go. He let oh, us all why go. Why didn't you put the weed in your vagina? I don't know. I didn't have time. I just started eating it. Literally ate like an eighth of weed. <laughs> like so much weed. The weird thing I is, is like it. I never had any like exposure to weed like my whole high school career. What? I know. I mean, people were like smoking it, but like. When we were, like, in elementary school, we were told that we were going to be forced to smoke weed. Mm-hmm. All the time. And then heroin was the next day. Yeah. Like, I I was never asked to do drugs. I was never, like, pressured to do drugs. I was never even, like, shown drugs. Like, I felt like I was walking through high school, like, where are they? And well, no one really happened. is giving out drugs. That's the thing you you learn about yeah, later no on in life. Yeah, no one wants to get rid of their own drugs. No, drugs are very expensive. No one's giving them away for free. Certainly not putting them in like Halloween candy for kids. Imagine I just hand out like just like THC gummies for Halloween. I remember going the first like experience I had with like pot, I feel like was right after high school. I was working at Hollister and my boss volunteered herself and I to go cover at a store in Connecticut. So we had to drive like an hour away. And go work at the store because they were so short-staffed. And she drove me there. I drove with her to the store. And she, before we got out of the car, she was like, hold on a second. And she just, like, packed a pipe, ripped it down. And then we went in. And I was like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) 
smoking a whole bowl before activities is like so like wild. It was I can't wild. believe I used to get like that high and do things. I did. I never even like noticed that she was hot. It was just weird. She also used to. There's smell some people like, that get high and don't look high. She used to smell like like morning like like bed sweat. Ew, like that sour smell? Yeah. Ew, like that and weed? And she used to, like, tell all the girls at work that she wanted to teach them how to, like, give a good blowjob. Oh, that girl. Yeah, she was like, yeah. That girl. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll say back to the movie. I feel like we're obviously spiraling, but we are, we're talking about high school, so, like, it's not super spiraling. Yeah, yeah. No, this is, like, a movie that brings up your high school memories. There's, like, we've kind of covered all the things. The guy – we guess we didn't talk about Jerry, Con- Jerry O'Connell, the guy that comes back. There's – listen. There's too – almost too much to talk about. The Jerry O'Connell character is such a trope in real life. I mean, like, that's, like, you're, you have – Such a trope. I mean – We've all had them. We've all experienced them. The glory days. The glory days guy. The glory days guy are like the guys who come back from college and go to the high school party to brag about college. Ugh. Or like you'll get, you'll know once you're in college. Like you'll understand once you're in college. It's like, all right, well, up. it sounds like. It sounds like a drag. sounds like you're not having a, yeah, you're not having a very good time in college if you're here. So it's weird. Jerry Why are you O'Connell, here? It's weird. Jerry O'Connell. Um, Melissa Joan Hart and Jenna Elfman were not listed in the credits. They were like really? uncredited. They're like not on IMDb. But Jenna Elfman has like a big role. That's what I felt. I know. I guess I kind of understood the Jerry O'Connell of it all. I didn't understand the Melissa Joan Hart and Jenna Elfman part of it. I just like really miss Jenna Elfman. It's too sad that she went into obscurity because she's a Scientologist. I didn't know that. Her. Yeah, she was so cute. What was that show that she did? Dharma and Dharma Greg. Dharma and Greg. Yeah. That's the story of my husband and I. <laughs> I'm just constantly flooding our apartment and Paul is an attorney. <laughs> um, it's really weird that Paradise City became so big among our generation because of that movie. I know. Because people at first were like, boo! And then they were like, this song fucks! Like, that is not uh, a song that I listened to, but I remember in high school we would be like, yeah! I remember driving around in Juan's car blasting, I believe in a thing called love. Oh my Just god. The rhythm of my heart. That song had a hold on oh me. God, of course it did. Ooh, how about also song. though, Sloan, how much of you is, the, is Sarah Rue at this party? No, that was not. I was a combination of every single high school trope in one person. I know because I had no idea who I was. Well, she, ha- I, I was picturing you with like the newsboy cap and like, yeah, and yelling at people for like not recycling. I was her, but popular, but also a theater kid and also editor of the school newspaper and president of the politics that club. That only happens so at private was, schools. It does. I was literally in like an insufferable person so i don't know how else to t- i was i i was but i was also voted best sense of humor so it was like i was funny and popular but my interests were my interests were social horrible justice. but i actually didn't really push them yeah my interests were social justice but like i didn't really push it on people because they weren't listening yet 
No, no one gives a fuck. I was really ahead of my. I was ahead of my time. Not until I was Coney like working 2012 for Oxfam. Did we care? <sighs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> my I favorite can't. thing about my mom is that when I say things like I'm joining the Peace Corps or I'm going to Africa, she is so calm and she just says, "Okay, sweetie, just let me know what I have to do." And she knows for a fact that I, that will never happen. If she had pushed back, maybe that would have put you in action you're right she my mom is very smart with like with things like that because she always told us that when we started to do drugs and drink and have sex to just be safe and to let her know and to always call her if we needed her and she never once said that we couldn't do them Mm -hmm. and we just ended up being like very boring like good kids i had sex and smoked weed but I, like, was on the pill. I told my mom when I had sex. Not every time I had sex, she would have been like, whoa. But I told my mom I was sexually active. We went on the pill. See, it's different for girls, though. You almost have to tell your mom. Because otherwise, you're not going to get what you need. Boys can just, like, fake it till they make it. Yeah. I mean, you can, like, go get condoms. You can just go buy condoms. You also can just, like, lie and say that you're not having sex because there's, like, no proof. There's no fear. Yeah. I remember I went to this male gynecologist. He was like very old when I first started having sex and he was giving me my exam and he was like palpitating on my belly. Mm. And he goes, as a doctor, I'd lay off the cheeseburgers. I was probably like 110 pounds. (laughs) It's like so thin. I know. Why have you had like such strange traumatizing experiences? I don't know. You must have been I a truly, I think you were a Nazi when you in your past life. I'm I'm being punished for something That's what I'm saying. because like, it doesn't make any sense. So you were like so an mean. SS officer in your past life because like I don't know how <laughs> you could be punished so much. Like I don't <laughs> I don't know. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. I think about like all like the like fat shaming I had, but I was Is that like, why you're Jewish? I mean, listen. That is why I'm Jewish. So you were an SS now, officer, I was an SS and officer. they were like, "Well, now you're going to be a Jew who gets punished by trauma, by traumatic experiences via like comments." Your weight, yeah, it's just like comments about my weight. It's just really weird because it's like I have like my therapists are always like, "You have a totally normal body, like a very normal body. Like no one would look at you and think you're like not normal." No, that's and what my therapist I'm is just constantly like, saying to me. And I'm like, you're a liar. And I'm, I'm paying just you like, to lie mm. to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, mm, that's not what strangers have told me. I'm like, but, so I'm like, but the sex workers keep I telling trust? us that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't really know who to trust here. Who who's telling me the truth about my body? You or the mean doctor and my dad? I can't. So, I don't get it. Okay, so we get speaking of anyway. slurs and trauma. We not only get a bunch of f words in this in this movie, but we yeah. get a lot of we get one n word. We do. When the white kid is surrounded by the black people and he says, what oh, up, my, and then N-word, and then they all go to, like, beat him up, but then the scene cuts. Did you not okay. see that? I don't remember Maybe that it's exactly. one of, maybe it's, like, once the credits start rolling, I think maybe it's one of those, like, really brief scenes. At the very end of the credits, after all the credits are done, Peter Fastinelli again says, I'll kick everyone's ass in here. It's so funny. So. I think that if this movie were made now, Peter Fastinelli and the uh, Charlie Corsmo would have had like a sex scene. 
Yeah, they would have kissed. Yeah, they would have definitely dry humped in the movie if this were made today. They would have kissed. There wasn't enough gay in this movie. I would have liked some more gay, but I feel like it was true to the the time period where like gay wasn't in your face. No, we had one openly gay person at our high school, and he. Like, nobody cared. Like, he, like, he literally would have lunch with Mariah Carey, like, regularly. Like, he would enter sweepstakes to, like, and he wasn't lying. He had, like, there are pictures. Like, it's, like, weird. He would enter, like, sweepstakes nine times a day and, like, just win them. Like. You know someone that won sweepstakes? Yeah. I know someone. My sister's friend literally calls into radio stations still and, like, wins them. Like, wins trips and concerts and stuff. I should start doing I think it's smart because nobody listens to the radio anymore. So, like, if you're listening to the radio, you're probably one of five people. So, like, there's a way I'm going to start entering more sweepstakes. I enter Instagram sweepstakes all the time. Never win. Because that's where everybody is. So, it's like, there's less. Rocky won $25,000 on a sweepstakes on Instagram. Wow. Yeah. She did. It happened. Because I guess I know somebody that won. That's amazing. Um, All right. I feel like that's kind of it. Oh, well, I mean, I guess it did. Like, I wanted to mention how final the end of high school seemed where, like, you felt like you needed to say goodbye to everybody. And then you ended up just, like, seeing them in a couple months. Uh, yeah. I mean, everybody from high school that, like, I wasn't friends with, I was just like, have a good like, life. Crying? Like, do you remember, Deuces. like, saying goodbye to your friends and, like, crying? Um, only when summer was coming to an end and we were all going off to college. That's that I was mean. really tough. That's what I mean. I remember. That was tough. Like, and look, okay, here's the thing. And this is like embarrassing, but probably really true for a lot of us. But Laguna Beach had started airing, I think like right when we were graduating-ish around there. Wow. And I remember us wanting to like base how we acted with each other the rest of the summer on Laguna Beach, we had there was like black and white parties. There were a lot of bonfires. like campfire. Yeah, there were a lot of bonfires, and I remember like just like I don't know this these big dramatic saying goodbyes and like crying, and it was just like so ridiculous. My goodbyes were like the end of Marie Antoinette when all of her friends are leaving Versailles, and it's like piano music, and she's like hugging them <laughs> in the hallway. It just was do, so do, ridiculous. Do. And now it's like you just talk to the people you want to talk to. It's like so stupid. I remember sitting outside of this place called Theater of the Sea, which was like a dolphin, like sanctuary in quotation marks. And as with my my high school boyfriend and we were in the car and uh, Coldplay's uh, Fix You was on. And we were holding hands, sobbing uncontrollably. And it was like that. It was like the last week of summer, sobbing, like holding hands. You know what's really funny too? Like you and I, you and I have like both of our closest friends or the friends that we like see and speak to the most are from high school. Mm Hmm. Yeah. Funny. Okay. Well, laugh out loud then. And you're a woman and yours are men and I'm a man and mine are women. Yeah. I mean, like my close friends are. uh, Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So strange. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Um, Let's get the sequel working. Working. Um, I'm so happy to be here with all of you and um, DM us. Actually, no. 
when we post don't dm when us we post the promo of this um you have to comment your favorite high school party experience Oh my gosh, yes. Give us a good high school memory. Yeah, please do. Um, and please, if you could, take a minute to um, subscribe and also uh, leave a little review if you haven't because it like really gives us like a happy, jolly time. So that's all. Where can they find us and you, Zachary? You can find us at Mummy Dearest Podcast on Patreon and on Instagram. Um, and you can find me at Zach Mellon on Instagram. And you can click my link in bio for the rest. Sloney? And then you can find... You can find me at I am Sloan Steel, kind of like wherever you want to find me. And that's that's it, babies. Love you. Bye. Okay. I can't wear. Thanks for listening to the Mummy Dearest podcast. See you next time. And remember, don't read from the Book of the Dead. Mm-hmm.